0: Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll never has to with BetQL. Use the promo code MARCH30 for 30% off the entire year of BetQL. That's BetQL, promo code MARCH30. We're also brought to you in part by Odds Crowd, and Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season-long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Just download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. And make sure that you subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you in part by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise Capper Contest at PickWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-take-all $10,000 prize. It's over at Pixwise.com. Football fans. Time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Yes, indeed, and we now know the final four as... Baylor and Houston and Gonzaga and UCLA have made it to the promised land of the 2021 NCAA tournament and we are here to talk all about it on the only digital radio show that is devoted mostly to those lesser knowns, mostly to the little guys, the guys that aren't given much chance to uh, to go and pull off the upset, but this is the time of the year for the upsets in college basketball. It is Three Dog Thursday. I am merely the somewhat rested, somewhat rested host. Been a lot of long nights with all of the basketball action. And uh, a reminder, however you found this show, social media link, our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their website, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dan, all those guys with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. However you found the show, make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Show comes automatically to you on Thursday, and we have so much breakdown. We have a blaster in the football season now all the way through the college basketball, and we're going to keep on rolling through the Final Four here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Again, I can't do this show alone, so I'm going to enlist some great help here. Brian Edwards, the senior handicapper from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com, my wingman on this program, he is back again for another edition, and we now know those final four matchups, including Gonzaga and UCLA in the second of two with Baylor and Houston. Who had that final four at the beginning in their bracket? Somebody show me a bracket with all of that. It's crazy. Brian, good to be with you, and we're sorting through all of this. Um, just give me some overall thoughts because we're down to two teams in Texas and two teams on the West Coast. It is the first time ever, ever in the Final Four, no teams in the Eastern Time Zone in the Final Four. How wild is that? So welcome in.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is wild, uh, especially with the Pac-12 struggles and really all the major sports uh, over the last, you know, half dozen years and, and, and probably a little beyond. Uh, just Mick Cronin, man, he's the story. You know, one time ever he'd gotten beyond uh, the first weekend, and now he takes, uh, becomes the only the second since uh, Shaka and VCU from the first four to make the final four with five wins. And they've been doing it in underdog fashion with the Abilene uh, exception, and uh, just as a, a little just warm up for what we're looking at. They're plus 14 right now to Gonzaga. Um, They have only lost by double digits twice this year. In the season opener, they lost by 15 at San Diego State, but no Johnny Juzang, who had 28 points last night. And um, their other uh, loss uh, by double digits was by 18 at USC, On a night, they were 17 of 57 from the field for 30% and only got the free throw line six times, only made three. So if Gonzaga covers, they will be doing so, doing what only San Diego State and USC could do, and they did it on their home floors, and the Aztecs did it with no Johnny Juzang, who has been the catalyst in this turning run.
0: So much to talk about here. And by the way, kudos to Brian, who was all over all the way back last week on the show in the Sweet 16, both Oregon State, uh, as they were able to get the win over Loyola Chicago. You were also all over Oral Roberts when we were talking uh, to keep it close, if not win the game. And they had their chances with Arkansas. That was the Sweet 16 round on the weekend. I failed with Oregon. I thought the Ducks might have something for USC, but that didn't work. Uh, and then this UCLA team has just captivated us with what they've done. Again, at the time that Brian and I are taping, we are fresh off of what the Bruins did late night, Tuesday night in Indianapolis, beating Michigan in a grinded-out game that finishes, uh, what, 51-49 at the very end of it. Um, uh, Brian, what what are your thoughts on how Michigan – but played down the stretch because I've got some, but I want you to go first and how UCLA has survived again to this point, beating the two seed Alabama pulling out that tremendous game Sunday night and then beating the one seed Michigan. Go ahead.
1: Well, Wagner gave them nothing. You know, the the whole deal with missing livers was missing his offensive punch and it, it did not, uh, catch up with them until last night, but they, uh, they obviously were lacking offensively. Wagner just had an awful night, an air ball there on the potential game winner with like six seconds left. And uh, great season for Michigan, great season for Juwan Howard. I think everybody I know I did thought they would be the first one seed to get punted. They were not. Uh, even without Livers, they made it to the Elite Eight. They absolutely smoked an FSU team that was a under the radar, you know, uh, pick for a lot of people to to go very deep or deeper than the Sweet 16, but FSU uh, has still not gone to a Final Four since '72 and only one Elite Eight since Pat Kennedy in the mid '90s. So, um, but I, I you know, I, whatever they had a bad night last night, but uh, it was a great season for Michigan and if they'd have had livers. Who knows?
0: Yep, ifs and buts, though, you get one crack at it. Uh, And as I often like to say, and I want your thought on this, not all games that end in a a close one-possession, last-shot situation are won and lost in the final minute. I really believed in real time as it was going, and even put this on social media, Michigan with six minutes left, five minutes left, four minutes left, botched point-blank shot after botched point-blank shot after botched point-blank shot they cost themselves being able to put pressure on UCLA maybe even have UCLA down by a couple of scores down maybe by three or four points by not being able to convert and the Bruins have demonstrated now over and over again you put them in an in-game situation the final possession or two and, and the game's a lot. They're going to win the game. And Michigan put themselves in that same cooker, that same jackpot, and give Mick Cronin's team credit. They, they have found magic in the final minute of games over and over again, Brian. All right, there's my thoughts, your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, man. I, I'm just happy for Mick Cronin. I, I religiously uh, bet Cincinnati unders for nearly a decade <laughs> and, and did so with all, all sorts of success. So I've always loved the guy. He just normally hasn't had enough offense other than uh, Sean Kilpatrick back at UC many moons ago, but uh, now he's got scorers, man. He got, he's got guys that can, I mean, obviously it was a low scoring game, but uh, low scoring games are Mick Cronin type of games. Um And I will say that, uh, UCLA is of the teams left in the field is the last team to win a Natty, obviously uh, with Jim Herrick in uh, 95 when, uh, Cameron Dollar out of Atlanta Douglas high school, who I got absolutely dominated by at a basketball camp in the, uh, early (laughs) nineties one year. And, uh, Cameron Dollar was the catalyst uh, when Tyus Edney was uh, who, after he had gone coast to coast to beat Missouri around of 32, he sprained his ankle and Cameron Dollar and the Bannon boys uh, beat Nolan's Razorbacks, in the 95 finals. That's the last team of, of the four remaining that won a natty and uh, none of these four coaches have ever won at all. So we're going to have a new uh, first time natty winner.
0: New blood in there for sure. And of course, So much to get to here on the final four breakdown, which we'll do more in the final segment after the YouTube roundtable uh, here on three dog Thursday for uh, at least three dog Thursday purposes. And whether we like the Houston Cougars and the five points with Baylor or at the current line right now, Gonzaga favored by 14 over UCLA. That line originally opened at 13 and a half and was up to 15 at some places. It's 14 at the time that we're taping. Now that's a large line for a national semifinal. Uh, A few more thoughts from you. I mean, we've gone too long talking about UCLA without talking about Gonzaga. They are the story right now, undefeated. Um, And again, this is not some uh, fluke, some pushover situation. You look at the out-of-conference wins over Kansas and West Virginia and Iowa and Virginia and on and on, and now just dismantle both Creighton and USC in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. We're sitting on history again here. We have the first team since Kentucky 2015 to make it to the Final Four undefeated. It is interesting, the last two teams to get to the Final Four undefeated, Kentucky, as I mentioned, 2015, UNLV 1991, both got there and both lost in Indianapolis, Brian Edwards. And the whole tournament's been in in Indianapolis, but now Gonzaga is facing that same kind of negative black cloud against the ucla team but still let's wax some more about mark fuse team because they were fantastic tuesday night rolling into the final four
1: yeah i mean they've won 28 games in a row by double digit margins i I don't know did maybe that 91 unlv team do that until they ran i don't know that they even did that i don't don't think so Uh, yeah i mean i think we would have well, are they saying that Gonzaga is the first team to ever do this? or maybe a I believe that is team?
0: correct now. That UNLV team might have won 20 games in a row, something like that, in 91 by double figures, but nobody's been close now once they've gotten to 25, 26, 27. It's ridiculous. You know, West Virginia, right, is the only team back in the pre-conference to it's hold it under five. double digits against these guys.
1: Yeah, and uh, last night was only their um, fifth single digit favorite spot of the year, and they, they improved to four and one against the spread of single digit favorite, which we'll see in the finals. Uh, uh, I don't know if Houston beat Baylor, would Gonzaga be double digits to them? Maybe I don't, they won't be to Baylor. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, this team's loaded, man. They're so loaded. Um, just uh a hell of a team a hell of a coach and it'll be the culmination of 20 plus years in a row of making the tournament every single year by mark few if they can get it done but um you know after all the upsets and whatnot uh, all tournament long it, it may end up being who you know they put out a prop bet in late january early february Baylor and Gonzaga versus the field and uh, (laughs) right now the odds makers uh, have it a favorite for Baylor and Gonzaga to be in the finals so we'll see how it goes
0: no doubt that's the voice of Brian Edwards majorwager.com. also senior handicapper Vegas insider you follow him at Vegas B Edwards I love his insight on three dog Thursday where we talk Uh, the underdogs and again let's just say something about houston finding a way to get it done Uh, again there's so many different avenues that we can travel on this show and how we want to go because houston is back for the first time since five slamma jamma you and i are contemporaries on loving them i just want to hit you with the humorous one how can the houston cougars have won an elite eight game and not dunk the ball once what in the oh, name of Guy the other night? I, I don't they did not have one to my recollection and counting. How does a team that had a keen Elijah Wan, and Clyde Drexler and that polka dotted towel from Guy Lewis back in the 80s and all those dunks not dunk the ball and yet still uh, make a tribute to Kelvin Sampson uh, and his team? And every one of these has a subplot because Baylor with Scott Drew's been fantastic, they came off the COVID pause. And won the Big 12 regular season. They're in the Final Four for the first time since 1950. Remember, they got virtually the death penalty without getting the death penalty in college basketball 15 years ago when Drew took over the program. Um, they lost scholarships. They, The first year that he took over as the coach, they had no out-of-conference games. They only played Big 12 conference games and made yep. no money. They were crippled, Brian, for two or three years at Baylor and now he has him in the final four Kelvin Sampson with all of the NCAA trouble he got a five-year ban from the NCAA and went and coached in the NBA and skirted the ban now has come back to college basketball has Houston back in prominence Mick Cronin all right two years ago UCLA couldn't figure out who to hire for the whole month of March couldn't hire a coach they ended up with Mick Cronin and there were many who looked at that and said why maybe well, was because like
1: they're what eighth or ninth
0: choice maybe and and he had no connection to los angeles and the west coast and yet it has worked out and then you mentioned mark few and all that consistency building an empire out of spokane washington at a school with seven thousand students the gonzaga bulldogs have become an empire great subplots with all these coaches uh, i laid the buffet out there what do you want to jump on
1: well, I just uh, th- these guards for Baylor are so good. Uh, Teague and, and Mitchell and, and Butler and, uh, and and then Mayor bringing the mullet back and uh, and then Vital <laughs> Vital is is man he is your uh, tight end prospect Jerry Jones. If he doesn't make it in the NBA, uh, reminds me of Patrick Young a little bit from Florida in the uh, earlier this or.
0: 2010
1: uh, 11 yeah. and 14 yeah yeah um yeah this 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 Baylor team is the team that can definitely beat Gonzaga but I mean let's don't rule out UCLA's uh chances because they uh they got some ballers at ha- and uh and uh uh Tiger Chandler and uh wait
0: Juzang Tiger. yep,
1: yep. And Juzang yeah and uh, man they it's uh, it's gonna be a good uh, it's gonna be two or three good games next weekend, and I'm looking forward to them for sure. But I, 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 mean, I wouldn't be shocked or, or or disappointed if uh, if we had an upset on Saturday. But uh, the thought of Baylor and Gonzaga going at it uh, is awfully appealing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And again, I will relate having been there, having covered the final four. I've been at 18 previous final fours, including three of them in Indianapolis, not able to be there again this year. As we talked to the Three Dog Thursday audience, a lot of that has to do with the restrictions that the NCA has put on the media and the bubble and who can be there and the guidelines. So I, I totally understand that there'll be another time there'll be more opportunities to go and to be around this. But having been there in 2015, everybody had it e-ticketed for Kentucky in the championship game, undefeated, going for an unbeaten season against Duke. And Wisconsin said, uh-uh, and knocked them off. And uh and Nigel and, Hayes,
1: Frank Kaminsky. Oh, uh, oh, great,
0: God. great performance. Yeah. Decker, uh, Sam Decker, right, and a couple of others that yes. just that went and got it done uh that night for Ross Bo Koenig. Team.
1: Bronson Caning. Yeah. Bronson Caning
0: yeah. and I, I still I still relay this story because it's prior to Final Four Saturday. I was in the lower bowl of Lucas Oil Stadium where the whole half of that lower bowl wrapping around the end zone was Kentucky blue going absolutely bonkers. Big blue nation always travels. They easily Brian had 30,000 people in Lucas oil stadium that were Kentucky fans. And they were so loud and so crazy. The Harrison twins, Carl Anthony towns, those guys until the final five minutes. And again, here we go again, just like what happened to Michigan on Tuesday night Uh, You know, the final five minutes can decide a game and Wisconsin made the plays. Kaminsky made a big shot. And remember, that was a revenge game where, where Wisconsin had lost on a last second shot by one of the Harrisons the previous year in the final four in Dallas. Speaking of Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, Wisconsin gets the revenge. And again, I can I can only try to relay to you. How silent it was, how funeral-esque it was watching thousands and thousands of Kentucky fans file past me to get out of the arena, saying nothing, some of them tears in their eyes. It was crazy how uh how Wisconsin I've had done it
1: off. with keys in my hands at the Georgia Dome <laughs> at SEC tournament finals. I've said goodbye to BBN. Uh, uh, y'all need a ride, you yeah, know. Bye. See ya.
0: bye. I love that. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the story I can relay from 2015. And again, uh, that's what Gonzaga is trying to overcome to get to the championship game. Last team to get to the championship game undefeated. Brian Edwards is looking at me. I'm looking back at you, Larry Bird and in Indiana oh, 79, State. 79 yeah. is the last Sycamores. team to get there. And the Hook. Sycamores. Oh yeah, beaten by Magic Johnson and the Spartans, and of course Indiana, the last team to get there indiana was 32 and 0 that year remember no big 10 tournament and it was not a 64 team tournament now 68 team tournament in 76 so they only played 32 games only if gonzaga wins the last two it's 32 games so let's see if what
1: what not mike woodson on that 76 that's team? correct
0: hey while we're here let's bring that up because i know why you're bringing it up What in the name of the trail of Bobby Knight is going on here with Mike Woodson as the hire when they were aiming for Brad Stevens, they were aiming for some big names apparently, and they end up with an NBA assistant and a former NBA coach. All right. Your thoughts, Brian Edwards on that hire.
1: Well, you know, I'm a lifelong suffering Hawks fan. He was my Hawks coach five or six years. Mike Woodson's a class act. I, 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 I never really liked him as my head coach. Um, I I don't dislike the guy. He's a class act. I mean, he's been successful his whole career, but he's an NBA lifer. And at the age of 63 to go all of a sudden starting to recruit, it just seems like such a reach for Indiana. Um, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the hire, but you know what? I mean, I, I don't think any of us thought Pete Carroll was a good hire for USC a couple of decades ago when he was in the NFL for many years. Right. Um, people, I wasn't, people were critical of Juwan Howard, you know, having been in the NBA for decades and now. to So we'll, we'll see how it works. Um, at least he's an IU guy. But uh, yeah, my initial reaction was they're really doing this. They are really doing this. Okay. We'll see how it goes. I don't know.
0: Well, and, and again, they bring Thad Mata in and apparently as the story goes from the reporting, they were talking hot and heavy with Thad Mata who physically just can't do it. He can't pass a physical. Yeah. He's got health issues, debilitating health issues. So he's going to assist kind of like as a director of basketball, kind of like a chief of staff to help yeah. an administrative guy. Is it maybe a young assistant? And now that Michigan is eliminated, Brian Edwards, Dane Fife is an assistant coach on the Michigan staff, former player on the 0 02 National Championship uh, game team, the team that lost to Maryland. Dane Fife was part of that for Indiana. He's Indiana through and through. Does Woodson maybe bring Dane Fife in? And is that the guy being groomed to maybe be the replacement coach for him? Some, I don't know. They, they got to come up with something because I'm with you a guy that hasn't been recruiting. I I don't know how many homes. Let me, let me put it to you this way. I talked to somebody uh, that is a former Indiana basketball high school star. He doesn't live in Indiana anymore. He was a star. His team went to the state semifinals uh, back in his day in the 1970s. All right. So he told me, I remember when Mike Woodson was on the team with, but with uh, Buckner, Quinn Buckner, with Kent Benson, with all of those guys. Um and he said but the difference is there's a whole generation that doesn't remember Mike Woodson from any of that obviously so they don't no even matter remember what Steve
1: Alford they don't even remember Steve Alford
0: they don't remember Alford who was you know what 12 10, 12 years more recent correct than Mike Woodson so what this guy was saying is what Mike Woodson believes Indiana recruiting might be it's not the same thing anymore. And he started listing off examples that Sean may whose dad, Greg may played on the 76 team. Didn't want to play at Indiana for all the problems. He went to North Carolina. Greg Oden was the best player in the state of Indiana. And he went to play at Ohio state, the Plumlee brothers for Duke all vacated Indiana and went to, and, and went to Duke went to the state of North Carolina. So this guy's point is, Mike Woodson may remember what Indiana recruiting was at one point or may have heard about it or may think about it, but they've got a long road to hoe. And his his point, this guy's point, was Archie Miller found it out the hard way, that being able to recruit and get him to come to Indiana just isn't that simple anymore. Right. Big right. challenge there, Brian.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It would be huge if he could get Fife to come along. Yeah. So Rick, Rick Bozich, who uh, is in Louisville with W. Uh, DRB and I talked to him a, a good bit. It kind of leans on me for Vegas type stuff, and I I ask him questions like, "What's going on in the Indiana coaching search?" He told me, and this was a good week and a half ago. He, he told me he thought Fife was a legit candidate to get the head coaching job. So, um, but yeah, I, I, it, Woodson's got to hire a young, recruiting savvy, tenacious staff for this thing to work and. I don't, has he named any assistant? I mean, this is only what, 48 hours ago. Right, I, I, we've I
0: been looking, probably. we've been looking. We've had other ball
1: games to, go, I don't Well, know sure, what
0: and the thing is, you can't go right at it full bore and announce it if it is Dane Fife. They were playing all the way up until Tuesday night and he's an assistant for Jawan Howard. But again, Jawan Howard understood, get me Phil Martelli, like we've talked about on Three Dog Thursday, Brian. That was a great who, hire. Who won 600 games at St. Joe's Joe. and understood college basketball. Same thing, Thad Mata, who's won over 500 games at both Butler and Ohio State and been in a national championship game. Speaking of Greg Oden and Mike Conley, they lost to your Gators in 07 with Thad Mott as the coach. So he I understands those I I was there. I was there. I love Cosell. <laughs> so the other thing is that maybe Fife is going to be the guy, but Fife can help him recruit, recruit the Big Ten, understand the recruiting part because Jawan Howard had to get up on the learning curve, and Fife was helping him, an Indiana guy helping the Michigan guy. Uh, hey, recruiting, by the, the
1: way, poor Phil Martelli, who came up one basket shy with St. Joe against, I want to say, Oklahoma State. Georgia and like, Tech. Oklahoma.
0: Right, oh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. That's correct.
1: With Jared Jack.
0: That's correct. Georgia tech knocked them off and they beat Oklahoma state. I believe to go to the this final four 16. and Georgia okay. tech beat them on the last second shot in the final four. And so, right. I mean, now they lose on the last second shots that would not fall for Michigan, but yeah, we'll see for Indiana and what that means. Uh, interesting, interesting coaching carousel. I am surprised as we're sitting here talking and the Oklahoma job is still open. Texas will not hire Porter Moser. But Porter Moser not getting the Indiana job, not getting another one of these jobs, surprises me a bit. Let's see if he lands yeah. somewhere because there's only so much money he can make at Loyola of Chicago. We'll find out.
1: What do we have? Oklahoma open, Texas open. and The great things are going in Gainesville. Florida might be open any day now. I'm teasing. Yeah, with oh, well, too many players
0: in the transfer portal for your Gators. Although
1: I did see Missouri has as many guys in the transfer portal and Tennessee's right behind us.
0: <laughs> it's so crazy.
1: And there are hundreds of quality players. You just got to navigate this portal. Well, here's
0: another great point, and we're going to get out of here, and we got the YouTube roundtable coming up, and I promise Brian's going to be back to analyze, break down, and we'll see if he has an underdog thought on the final four games for UCLA or Houston as the underdogs. But in the case of Porter Moser, he can bring Krutwig with him as a graduate senior. senior. He can bring the guard, the outstanding scorer, scorer Williamson, as a graduate senior with him. You would have thought that Indiana would be more – in on him and trying to get him, offer him, and maybe they did, and maybe Porter Moser didn't want the job. In the back-channel conversations, maybe he doesn't want the Indiana pressure, the night comparisons, and didn't want the job. But he could bring those two guys with him immediately to a new school, right? you think so crud
1: would be popular among, among the IU Hoosier fan base?
0: <laughs> oh. All they want to do is win, so we'll see if they are no, able saying, to. Do I that. mean
1: that. I mean that. Big real, time for real. He would yeah. be the most popular IU player in de- a decade.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see if uh, we'll see where Moser lands. We'll we we where Moser lands. We know it's not going to be Indiana. We'll find out where it is or where it is not for him. And does he stay at Loyola Chicago? Great story. Uh, but uh, they get they get bounced out before they could make. Uh, the Elite Eight of the Final Four this go-around. All right, Brian, stand by. YouTube Roundtable is upcoming. We're back with him talking Final Four. Hang in there with us here as part of Three Dog Thursday. But first, let's tell you about our friends at WinBet, the college Hoops narrowing down to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and headed to the Final Four. And WinBet is live, bringing you all the action of real sports betting and online casino play produced by Win Las Vegas. Get in on all your favorite teams, the Cinderella stories, the tournament upset still to come, all with WinBet. Don't miss out on the madness, generous promos, Odds, parlays, they're all happening right now at winbet.com. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free. Terms and conditions do apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's Bet.com, and download the app. And you're going to hear Brian Edwards and I talking more about those win bet lines, including the very intriguing Oregon State seven-point underdog line with Loyola of Chicago. I also am taking a strong look at the win bet line of Oregon, another one from the Pacific Northwest, getting the two and a half on the win bet line with USC. Check out all of those lines at winbet.com. And we're brought to you in part by BetQL. If you're looking to get an edge and make smarter bets during March Madness, will BetQL's algorithm scan thousands of data points across every game and find the best bets. Easily find the most profitable bet based on their top betting trends. If your bracket is busted but you still have some bankroll, it doesn't have to bust as well. Just head to BetQL.com and start today. Go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download BetQL to bet smarter, not harder. And use our promo code MARCH30 for 30% off of BetQL for the year. That's BetQL.com. The promo code is MARCH30 with BetQL. We are also brought to you by PicksWise.com. It's held by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatic wise guys who are giving you the who, the how, and the why behind every prediction on every game, every day, in every sport. And guess what? It's all for free. And PicksWise has the capper contest to follow with the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and six other experts all competing for ten grand in a winner-takes-all prize. You can follow all the action and the free picks and analysis every day for the big dance by visiting PicksWise.com slash Madness. That's PicksWise.com slash March Madness. And we're brought to you in part by Better Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGENs only care about, sports betting. Better Than.Vegas is running a free bracket-style capper contest with a chance to win $5,500. Just go to Better Than.Vegas and don't forget to let them know that SGP sent you. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv also and subscribe to the Better Than Vegas Better Than dot Vegas page. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv for Better Than dot Vegas. And we're brought to you in part by Odds Crowd and hopefully you entered the Odds Crowd March Madness contest for your chance to win $8,000 as Odds Crowd has plenty of free contests including a $500 weekly contest and a $2,000 season long MLB contest and Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contest it's a social app built just for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests and more with your buddies. Just download the app for free. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds to find out more about Odds Crowd. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no vig since you're buying positions from other sports betters, and there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states, and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now. We're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on 3Dog Thursday. And on Wednesday and Saturday, pay 10 bucks to enter, and each user starts with a balance of $1,000 in Edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just $10. Sign up today at BetterEdge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Promo code SGP. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Indeed, we do roll on with the YouTube roundtable, and I've got some more great guests. We're going to talk a lot of Final Four, but there's even some news about Deshaun Watson that we want to cover. And also the start of the Major League Baseball season as well. So we we attempt at least anyway on Three Dog Thursday to try to cover as many things as possible again. The listeners will
2: decide if we're great guests, TJ. Before the intro. All right. Already
0: firing out of the starting block. Uh, Tom Looney, my Fox Sports Radio brother from another mother. He'll be here momentarily. Let me remind everybody, if you're only hearing us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, come find the YouTube Roundtable. We are on Three Dog Thursday's YouTube Roundtable. Search Three Dog Thursday. You will find us. That first voice is Tom Looney of Fox Sports Radio fame. Uh, I drink a lot of coffee. Sorry, TJ. No problem. Also, KABC Television, uh, the JT and Looney podcast, many other endeavors. How are things on the left coast in Hollywood, Mr. Looney? Good to have you. Hollywood,
2: California, shaping values for generations to come, JT. Uh, It's just just a beautiful place to live, to be, and almost as beautiful Beautiful is being here on your on your nickel and dime uh, little YouTube show, too. This is a I, lot of fun. I
0: thank you, yes. We do nickel and dime it away. And I noticed that Looney does have two tickets to the gun show if everybody wants yes! to come check him out on the video roundtable. Well, you table. warned
2: me while we were testing, I would only be seen from the neck up, so then I had to fix the lighting and the camera and spend an extra 10 minutes. It is Hollywood.
0: Because I didn't want you in the suit coat, the tie, and the Speedo, no. which you have been known to do. Enough of you, John Harris- John Harris, a man that I'm told can bench 375, if need be, uh, from the Houston Texans <laughs> radio broadcast, HoustonTexans.com. John Harris, great to have you here on the roundtable. How are you, my friend?
3: Well, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I have not been to the gun show in a very, very long time, and <laughs> having to follow Tom Looney is going to be a very difficult process. Um, and you mentioned the word Houston. Uh, Sports-wise, it's been pretty tough around here uh, the last, yeah. ooh, I don't know how many ever months, but. Hopefully we got some some news with the Cougars. That was kind of nice to see them get into Final Four, so I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. But, yeah, it's been kind of tough, so hopefully we get it, we're going in the right direction.
0: I love it. Uh, all right, so since he brought up the NCAA tournament, let's begin <laughs> with what is freshest right now, and there it is, Thomas Looney. We're seeing it on the YouTube screen of the roundtable. U C L. in the final four for the first time since 2008 at the time we're taping they just knocked off michigan after beating alabama so they beat a two seed and then a one seed thomas looney how and why are the Bruins still playing basketball in the final <laughs> well, weekend of the season?
2: And that's the fun question because they lost their four last four regular season games, and they then they end up going into the play-in game, which we're not allowed to call the play-in game. They keep changing the name of the play-in <laughs> game, and now I guess it's the first four. And uh, but it's incredible too, you know. And one of their best players, Chris Smith, got hurt, and and he's not even playing. Uh, another guy, a junior, he's seven feet tall, and uh, Hill is um uh, is out for personal reasons so it's just a real fun story and and, and taking a look at and their coach is somebody a cronin that, that nobody you know everyone complained about when they hired him and said oh no it was everyone, like pete carroll that same thing everyone complained when they hired pete carroll and said who's this retread and now you know the if you, if you can kind of compare him to ben holland and ben holland the way ben holland would scream at the players and okay OK, he's nothing like Ben Holland, except that he screams at the players because Ben Holland used to go into the press conference event and then talk about how awful they were. But, but Cronin's got their back. He goes into the press conference and talks about how much he loves them and has their back when he's speaking in public into a microphone. And I think they love that. So it's really been a fun team to watch. And and, and so and L.A.'s been, a you know, during this, you know, 2020, 2021 has been newsflash has been pretty tough. And so with, with the Dodgers and the Lakers and now UCLA and USC, uh, it's been uh, a fun 365 days in La La Land watching these L.A. teams.
0: Yeah, at least the sports teams. And again, USC yeah. ran into Gonzaga. UCLA gets them oh. on Saturday. We'll see how they do. And <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, not going to be easy. Uh, Gonzaga has only won 28 games in a row by double figures. So that's that's something else, but it's not They're impossible. flawless. It's unbelievable. Right, you know, and they missed 10 side, layups. Well, yeah, and and they let USC USC back in the game after being up by 30. So it makes everybody Uh. think that they might be mortal. But in any event... Uh, John Harris, let's switch to the other side of the bracket where Houston will play Baylor. It is a total flashback to the old Southwest conference or the Southwest conference. Let's share the screen. Uh, shall we once again here and take a look and there they are. The Houston Cougars are back in the final four for the first time since fi slamma jamma John Harris. Are they going nuts? I mean, I realize the whole tournament's been in Indianapolis. They haven't been coming back and forth to the campus. They're in a bubble. But how nuts are they going in Houston to have the Cougs in the final four this weekend, sir?
3: Boy, I wish they they would have come back to campus because I think there would have been a great reception for them. And, and like I said earlier, the city of Houston has is, is kind of gone gone through it. You know, the James Harden situation wanting right. to get out from the Rockets. Um, And then obviously, even before all the legal situation happened for Deshaun, Deshaun wanted out of Houston. And so I think we were all looking for some positive angle and the Astros don't start until Thursday night. So we wanted or needed something positive. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. even though really nobody in Houston, for the most part, talks college basketball, until about February, you look up and go, Hey, everybody, this Houston Cougar basketball team's pretty darn good. And if you yeah. watch them, I think you'll respect what you see from them and that they lock teams down. They've got a defensive guru and Dejan Giroux, who is just phenomenal. Uh, and he played in a game against Rutgers with a hit pointer. And having dealt with that before many, 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 many eons ago, that's as painful a thing to deal with, and he fought his way through the Rutgers game, make making some big plays down the stretch. They win that game somehow, and then that defense just really took over at times. They don't score the ball very well. Um, they've got a couple of shooters, and Grimes and Joe can knock down a few stand-up, you uh, spot-up jumpers. Sasser can hit some threes, but they go to the offensive glass. They play defense, and Calvin Sampson keeps his cell phone in his pocket, but he's come in and done a really nice job with this Houston program. I mean, they needed, they needed facilities. They needed, they needed everything. I mean, when Samson first got there, he said he wouldn't even take recruits into the facility because they were so bad. Well, Tillman Fertitta ponied up money. Um, And if you know Tillman Fertitta, Golden Nugget, uh, Landry's, um, all kinds of restaurants. I mean, that's his, his world. And they've taken a big hit, but before that, he was sinking a lot of money at the University of Houston. Kelvin Sampson apparently was a guy that he pushed hard for. And with Kelvin Sampson there, and hopefully Danny Holgerson gets a turnaround football-wise, well, the Cougs have got a little something finally. Um, and I said this the other day on radio, if you're 36, which is not young, I guess, like, you've never experienced this. I, I got a chance. I moved here in 84 to Houston, so I got a chance to catch the back end of a Jam, and it was as much fun to watch as any basketball team. I would say the second best team that I love to watch is this Gonzaga team. And Tom (laughs) hit on it. I don't know how – I don't know – I don't know how you beat them. Because when you look at a team, you go, okay, how do you beat this team? I think if you you can beat the Cougars, they've got to win one way, basically. And that's play defense, offensive rebound. That's how they got to win. Gonzaga can have an off game shooting a three but still beat you inside. They can have a rough game inside, but they can beat you shooting a three. They can play defense, get their hands uh, in the passing lanes. They can press – they can do so much. I don't know how Gonzaga beats or how anybody beats Gonzaga, but it might be Baylor. Well, remember, They've it's got kids. An
2: I think the only way it happens is if it, what happens to USC, you choke, you get out there, the lights are really bright, you're Mechanic. in a championship game, right, and you're 19. <laughs> and, and, and you know your brain isn't fully developed and, and that, that's that's what happens in college football and college sports in general is that's that's always the the uh the elephant in the room or the asterisk the intangible is immature brains out there might pass the ball to the wrong guy or call a timeout or choking or just to be nervous too nervous throughout the entire process that could happen to gonzaga and that's the only way they're going to lose only one keep Keep
0: in mind, they haven't, as I just elaborated uh, with the stat. They haven't played a close game in a while. They had to come from behind and beat yeah, BYU yeah. in their conference championship game, but that that wasn't a close game in the final five minutes. What will happen if it's down to a final minute or uh, you know two possessions and free throws and whatever? And it becomes we'll unfamiliar. Out? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. and exactly. a couple of other points uh, about this, as we've already said on this podcast. I mean, I'll be illuminating this not only on this show but everywhere for the next few days. Kentucky looked like an unbeaten Godzilla and got to Indianapolis in the final four, six years ago. And Looney loves it. When I do Howard Cosell, like I used to do on Fox (laughs) Fox sports radio. I remember because I was there. I was there in 2015 to watch Calipari's team beaten by Bo Ryan in Wisconsin. Goodbye, unbeaten season. Goodbye title. And of course, UNLV Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman, Who else helped me? Anderson, Anderson Hunt, Hunt, Greg man. Anthony. Yep. They looked invincible. Looney and John and Duke beat them in the final four and went on to win the title with with Leitner and Grand Hill and Hurley. And they had great players. But and we
2: remember the great upset with North Carolina State back in the eighties. Yes, again, there's just and there's, just so, and
0: there's
3: so oh yes, many. we remember that in Houston, Tom. Thank you very much. That is, <laughs> that is that's well remembered in Houston. Oh. Uh, can we can I go. Add? Do, we can, listen. We can go down the list. I mean, yeah. two years ago, when I'm standing on the sidelines watching us blow a 24 to nothing lead to the Chiefs, I'm like, "I'm from Houston." Unfortunately, I've seen this before yeah, on a number yeah. of different levels for a number of different teams in our city.
2: And in, in college, uh, in college sports, and that's what's fun about Saturdays, a uh, college sports Saturdays uh, during football season is there's a Buster Douglas or two every week, every week in college football because it's uh, it's teenagers. Sure
0: no doubt they uh, don't again, look like
2: teenagers <laughs> that's
0: true they're getting bigger you look at some of those players that are out there this weekend, oh my god that they look 28 uh but harris gave me so much material i mean he slid in the NCA violation reference on kelvin sampson with the cell phone so yep, deftly that it almost went by uh, most people i just wanted very to good. acknowledge that and can i get one more here i've been saying this and john you can relate to this and Looney, you remember those teams what in the name of Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon is a Houston team doing making the Final Four that didn't dunk the basketball at least once yeah, in the game it. that they won the other night with Oregon State? Five Slamma Jamma would dunk the ball 15 times a game. We got to get a dunk or two out of Houston, or it ain't
3: Houston, I said. I mean, it, it, you know, it's interesting you say that. They, they don't have, I think, a starter over six seven, which which is kind of interesting. I mean, they, yeah. they bang the glass, and they go after it, and they're aggressive, but they're just not – I mean, look, those five slams teams, like, they were is... looking to embarrass people. they I mean, yeah. Elijah Juan, I've talked to Dream about this, and he just, we were going to dunk on everyone. I mean, that's that was the <laughs> philosophy. They wanted uh... to dunk on everybody. Clyde said the same thing. And it really became kind of a competition for them who could get to the glass and, and put one on somebody's head. This Houston team is more about, and Kelvin Sampson, I give him a ton of credit. You know, I made the, the tongue-in-cheek joke about the phone, but – He's meant a lot to the city of Houston and the, the, the campus. Uh, it's been incredible. But he's got them and, – and and this is the thing. He's got 18- to 22-year-olds believing that defense and rebounding are the way to win games. I mean, that's a, that's a minor miracle. When you think about teenage kids, hey, we, you know, it's not about the three. It's not about how you can dunk on somebody. But can you lock somebody up, and can you go to the glass and get rebounds? We got they a- in it? they buy they- it
2: he's put a quarter turn on the mundane uh, and doing, you know, it's, it's it, kids grow up watching Steph Curry. Of no course. And, uh, yes. And, the, and their ambulance, even seven foot guys are taking threes and yeah. it, <laughs> it, it just, Which, when we watch, makes our heads spin. But there's always something more to learn about your craft, and these kids are learning the way it was done back when we watched. You know, we can still do it now on YouTube. Is watch any black and white 1964 NBA championship video, and you see guys who nobody who's over six seven and nobody's dunking, and that's kind of what Houston is doing. Well, give them credit.
0: Give them credit on that front. Uh, And again, it'll be exciting in the final four, no matter what happens with Gonzaga, UCLA. And, uh, and then the other matchup is Houston and Baylor. Uh, Looney, one more quick one. UCLA, again, is doing all of this detached in Indianapolis. Same kind of question with John. They're not coming back and forth. And I know the Dodgers season is about to start. LeBron's right. been hurt for the Lakers, but there is UCLA registering some in La La Land in Hollywood with these upsets they've been pulling. What about it real quick?
2: Well, remember it's a front running city and we love the stars and UCLA has always been, well, they're like a black and white movie star. They were great in the seventies and the sixties. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, but the people still have the nostalgia for when UCLA won 88 games in a row and et cetera. So people are always just waiting for them to be great again to the return to of the final four and you know how many coaches they've gone through since wooden trying to find the next wooden and that doesn't happen just hire a coach and stick with them and it looks like hopefully they're going to do this now with cronin they're doing it with a bunch of sophomores the youngest team in the tournament so in la loves young hollywood loves young so they are registering here in la la land definitely I love it. All right, so we'll turn it
0: a little serious here just for a minute or two. And obviously, as I share the screen again, the controversy involving Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Houston Texans, continues. Obviously, John is part of the Houston Texans broadcast and on HoustonTexans.com. And as I've said to him, I dealt with this with Jameis Winston and controversies and in and around the Buccaneers. And he obviously got suspended from the league. So we're not going to put John in any real difficult situation uh, here to criticize. But clearly, there are issues here He demanded a trade, as you mentioned, John, there are allegations. His defense lawyer, Rusty Harden, who has previously defended Roger Clemens, among others in in high profile cases, has gone on the offensive, uh, has has basically put out there that there are numerous masseuses who say none of this is true. He's well behaved. All right. So I've said my piece, John, it is a controversial time with Deshaun Watson right now and trying to figure this out.
3: And then, yeah, that's, that's the thing, TJ. And, 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 you know, uh, as it pertains to, you know, uh, Jameis, once, once it gets to the, the legal aspect of things, it's, you know, especially if you're in a building like, like I am and employed by the Texans like I am, there's not, there's not much to say about it. In all honesty, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it because it's, it, it honestly, it, it happened on a Tuesday night, this, this, I got a text at about 10 30 at night and it just had the eyes emoji on it. And it was the, the original post from Tony Busby. And I was, I read it and I was like, wait, I don't, what
0: is he's the lawyer? So we're clear. He's the lawyer for the plaintiffs that are coming forward to civilly complain and sue for sexual assault
3: and everything, every, every minute of the day since then, it's been something new and different. And Nick Casario told, myself my part of the voice of the texans mark Vandermeer, when he did an interview with us he just said you know it's an ongoing situation uh, we can't comment on it um, it's, and he literally said it's changing day to day and that that really um, is is what it is and that's the thing we it's it, well yo know, you're in the building you should know like first of all we don't know we don't know in we don't know anything and the thing is even if you go before all that posted and you, you move outside the, the personal realm of all this, which is is just trying to comprehend it all is like mind-blowing. But before that, he had requested a trade. And so when you look at the football aspect of it, which is you know the the one thing that I don't know if I can even speak on that, but it's like, I don't even know, like, is this can you can you settle this case? Can you not? Can you there's just so many questions about what's going to happen that when people talk about it, I know my friends talk about on the radio, on all the stations here, they don't even really know what to say about it because they're like, well, is he going to, is he going to play? Is he, is he not? And so with all that kind of hanging over all of us, we're kind of like, I, I, you know, what do you say? What I, I, you know, we don't know. We have, we have no idea. And now we've got, the two lawyers on both sides, Tony Busby and Rusty Harden. And I don't know if they're you want to say they're sniping at one another or not, but it's just really a, a situation that continues to evolve day after day. And I don't, I have no idea where this leads. None. What's none whatsoever from a football Understood. side. Um, you know, Nick Casario has taken a lot. He's went and got a bunch of free agents and brought them to the team because the roster needed a kickstart. He brought in to Rod Taylor, who can start. We just have no idea where this is going to go. The right, right, you know, Moody, one guy's... guys what
2: can, what can you learn from it? One of the things you learn is look at how uncomfortable you make other people with your questionable behavior at times, or your alleged questionable behavior. Look how uncomfortable what happened with Deshaun Watson makes John and everyone else who who, who inside the Houston Texans universe. Another thing you can learn from it is young professional athletes, and young... We're talking about college athletes here, is when you are you know, and I've done a lot of CrossFit A massage, we should, you know, a massage needs to be part of, you know, any kinesiologist will tell you this needs to be part of the regimen in addition to all the working out and the practice. And that is if you're a young heterosexual vibrant guy like Deshaun Watson, and I'm not being cute here, get a massage by a guy. And that way could be, by the way, here's another thing too. If you're heterosexual and young and vibrant, get it from a guy and that way and that by the way that's usually what professional right. guys get that's usually what happens anyway so this is part of the way this can all be avoided and massages tend to feel pretty good anyway and your mind can wander and things can pop up well that way and at least a male will know that that's how the equipment works and nothing will be confused okay so there but are ways i know i know right right here, avoid not it. tj's I got you. Gonna, yeah, TJ's going to you me. right along now.
0: <laughs> I, I got you. I got you on that point, and I think no one can dispute right. that, especially with the right. number of females that are now coming forward. Because one of the things that yeah. struck me, just from a common sense thing, detached, how many different masseuses are there when so many of these guys are so protective of who's their inner circle, who gets to be right. around? That's another thing that needs to be sorted out in this. Again, that's for the lawyers. That's for the league. Looney, you're detached, so I want to ask you this question. Okay. He wanted to be traded. He wanted to be gone. This almost, to me, detached, makes him untradeable to another team. Would you agree with that, Looney? Not John Harris, as we go along on the audio podcast. Would you agree, Looney? This makes him untradeable, I think, at this point, to another team to take this on until it's resolved. Common sense, yes.
2: It's real tough. We have a Me Too movement going on where all of us guys are trying to open our minds, if we're good people, and learn about... Uh, not uh, about relaxing and listening to charges and, re- and maybe adjusting our own behavior throughout the years as society's manners and uh, enlightenment changes. And so with that very macro answer to what you're saying, yeah, teams aren't going aren't gonna to move on it right now. The NFL is being very conscious right now. It's about social political things and they may not be able to trade them. And here's another thing, too, I was just going to add to that is now in the NFL, because and a major league baseball, because of the especially baseball, because of the steroid uh, uh, issue over the years and drama, they have a list of supplements that they allow and supplements that they don't. And they try to provide you with them. So there's never a mistake. I guess maybe that should be the same with masseuses for years to come. Team provides the masseuse. And uh, you're on your own if you order one from the pink house on the corner.
0: (laughs) Okay. Just in general uh, on that, we will wind it down. As you hear from Tom Looney, John Harris, also with me from Houston, Looney out in Los Angeles, he's loony about it all and loony about sports. Uh, baseball starting. John referenced this. Looney, you've got it. I'm going to show it on the screen. As much as I begrudge (sighs) that your Los Angeles Dodgers defeated my Tampa Bay Rays, there they are. They did win the world championship in the pandemic version of 2020. I remember we talked to you last year as this was all cranking up. The Dodgers are the champs. Again, same same question. It's it's renewed. It's a chance to repeat. It's a, it's going to be a longer season, but what about the optimism for the Dodgers? Tom Well here. the first
2: thing I try to do when you I try to squint and see what kind of stuff you save on your desktop if there's anything <laughs> Anything scandalous that you're saving on your (laughs) desktop. Ah, see, you got rid of it. Okay. (laughs) Dodgers won 71% of their games last year. If they had been a normal year, that would be 117 wins, TJ. And they have basically almost the core of every member of the 2020 team. And then they add a Cy Young winner and Trevor Bauer, uh, Corey Nebel. And they have a great prospect. I always call them suspects over the years, but Kevin Lux was an outstanding prospect that lived up to uh, lived up to the hype. He has a clear path to being a regular player, a day-to-day player, which takes them to another level. So the Dodgers, incredibly, you know, the Dodgers have been the best be- team in baseball for a long They were the best team in baseball when they had Manny Ramirez. They just could never win, win a World Series. They finally have done that. Repeating is going to be tough because it's just tough in general. But it's certainly going to be the best team in Major League Baseball in the regular season. And that's in L.A. We're crossing our fingers for the postseason.
0: Well, here's what we're crossing our fingers for in Tampa Bay is that the Rays get to have another fun year. Tyler Glasnow of the Rays, we're showing that on the screen. The Rays begin their defense of the American League Championship. Again, it was a shortened season last year. The likelihood is, I'm not being Debbie Downer here, but the likelihood is they're not going to be able to keep up with the Yankees, the Red Sox, the big spenders for an entire 162-game schedule. We'll see, but it's still going to be fun. The Rays get underway with the Marlins. Makes total sense for Major League Baseball with all the freezing cold temperatures everywhere all over Big League Baseball. Let's have the Rays... Rays and the Marlins, who are both in Florida, who both have indoor stadiums, play each other for the first series of the year. Uh, And you wonder why fans just shake their head. Oh, it drives me
2: nuts. It drives me nuts. All the early games should be in warm weather cities. Yes, or domes.
0: (laughs) And the Rays are playing the Marlins. John Harris, they play (laughs) uh, there at Minute Maid in a dome in Houston. Is there some optimism? I know the Cougars going on right now. Is there some optimism for the the Astros start of the season real quick?
3: Well, I mentioned it earlier about you know what we've kind of been through in Houston and it sort of started and I'm, I'm surprised that that Tom didn't take a shot and it probably would have been worthy um, about reading signals and there's been no banging huh. of trash cans in my house or any of that but it really started back in January for us because a, it was sometime in January when that whole thing was was uncovered about the trash can banging and then we blew the lead to the Chiefs and then You know, the Rockets sort of imploded, and then COVID hits, and then all this goes on, and we go 4-12, and and Harden's traded, Deshaun Watts out, and then all this legal stuff. I mean, it was like, it was, oh my God, what is going on in this city? And, of course, I know the Dodgers fans wanted to see the Astros so they could be there to boo them and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, last year, you know, TJ, your race almost blew a 3 nothing lead in the ALCS to a team that really had no business being there because that Astros team was not a great team last year, but they knew how to play big and big situations. And that's been kind of a hallmark for, for them. They had Jake Odorizzi as a pitcher and we'll see what he's got uh, after missing some time. That's going to be a key. Zach Greinke has got to be the guy, uh, which I think they're fine with, but they've got some young pitchers. Framber Valdez is a guy to keep an eye on. I think people in Houston are very excited about the Astros because the Rockets lost, I think 19 or 20 straight. The Texans mm. are obviously going through what we're going through and hopefully we're going to get out of this at some point, but the Astros have been the steady, you know, two days back. They were able to bring back Michael Brantley. They signed a pitcher in Jake Odorisi, who was, you know, upper Cy young. They've got a lot of pieces still there. Yes, they did lose George Springer and that did hurt, but with this starting in their ballpark in a full season, hopefully, fingers crossed, that they get it done, I think there's a lot of optimism about what the Astros can do. Now, are they with the Yankees? Are they with the Rays? Are they with the Red Sox? Or are they a tier below that? We'll find out, and hopefully their pitching will hold up. I just wish they'd get Verlander back and healthy because he gives them such a jolt. I just don't know if he, uh, if he can do that. But I know Houston last year was looking – For game seven, get that win against the Rays and then battle the Dodgers and sell that whole trash can banging thing once and for all. I don't know if they were going to beat – well, obviously they didn't beat the Rays and they weren't going to beat the Dodgers at all. Um, But they've got a lot of – there's a lot of enthusiasm about this team going on a run again. And we'll see because they've got some younger pieces, which they didn't have last year.
0: Fair enough. All right. We're going to leave it right there. And obviously here on the YouTube round table, I do have the Rays head over the shoulder because unfortunately, Mr. Harris, you know, this, we came so close to coming back from three nothing down, doesn't matter. The Rays are the American League champs. We'll see how it goes. Of course, that doesn't matter for 2021. Now, here we go <laughs> with a new season. Everybody's undefeated, guys. Everybody's undefeated as the year uh, begins for this year. Again, check out John Harris on Twitter. He is Jay Harris Football, is how you find him. Find him through the Houston Texans as well, their radio broadcast, the Texans web coverage as well. John Harris, thank you in Houston. Let's see what the Cougars hey, do John. with the Final Four, my friend.
3: Absolutely. Go Cougars. Appreciate being on TJ. Great to see you again, and Tom, been a fan from afar, my friend. Oh, well, thank Thanks you, John. Me. Nice
0: to meet you. Thank Thomas you. Looney can be found at Looney on Fox because he's yes, on the Yes, I'm still time. Looney on Fox because see I don't want to lose I'll, the blue I'll check promote mark. one more time. I'll promote that Tom Looney can be found on Fox, Looney on Fox, right there yes. on Twitter. Find blue him on KBC TV. Oh, mm-hmm. look at and look as well. Find him with JT, JT yes. the Brick, and Tom Looney on podcast. Uh, through Believe Podcast and all the podcast platforms. And by the way, if you need John Harris, find him right here on social media at Harris Football Looney, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. The Fox Sports Radio alumni sticks together. That's thank right. you for hanging with me on Three Dog Thursday. We are back in once again with Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider, and MajorWager.com. Brian Edwards back in the fold. Final Four coming this weekend. So much to talk about with these two matchups in the preview mode. So we're coming midweek, releasing the podcast on Thursday. I guess the first thing that I bring up, did it surprise you that the number for Gonzaga opened at 13 and a half against UCLA in the second of the two semifinal games? It got bet all the way up to 14 and a half at a lot of places. Did it surprise you that it's that high of a line for a national semifinal? Or did you expect this because of, of Gonzaga and what they've looked like this year, Brian?
1: Well, yeah, I wasn't super surprised. Um, I was a little attracted to it, though, and and I definitely uh, lean UCLA right now. As I said in the opening segment, they've only been beaten by double digits twice this year, by 15 at San Diego State, but no Juzang in that game, and by 18 at USC on a night where they just shot it horribly. Um, So I'm leaning UCLA uh, and Wait, will we have a, a show between? No, we're not we gonna.
0: No, yeah, we're not gonna and have. I'm probably
1: one. going. I'm probably going to be on UCLA now. I will be patient. I'll only put a little bit on it right now at fourteen, in hopes of it maybe going to fifteen. But I don't know which way it'll go, and that's just a guessing game. I, um, it could easily go the other way. I, who knows?
0: And we've but seen but some Eileen volatility. UCLA. We've seen, and obviously there are only two games left, but we saw some volatility when some lines got released for the Elite Eight and moved two or three points, uh, depending on, on what the public thought. I'll be curious as the week goes on, does it get bet up by Gonzaga uh, getting a lot of money? And you've you got to figure some people will wait and put some significant money on UCLA, getting 14, 15 points in a national semifinal, uh, something like that. So uh, a couple of other things that I want to say, just, just real quick, great story what ucla has done and they're back in the final four for the first time since 2008 they had a three-year final four run that actually began in 2006 in indianapolis where they lost to someone's florida gators in the national championship do you want to say it again do you want to say it again
1: contest
0: it it was and and you remember because you were there as well i
1: would I was not at the finals, no six. I was at um, uh, the finals, no seven against Ohio State, but did not go to the semifinals that year when we beat UCLA again because Corey Brewer – Absolutely dominated. Oh gosh, he. Uh, oh, uh, it's, his name starts with. It's like A A-A, A A square. Aaron
0: Aflalo. Give Thank me you. ten bonus points for coming up with that out of Aaron the recesses Afalo, of the brain. Out
1: of boy. Well, he had a better career in the NBA than Corey Brewer, but Corey Brewer just owned him in those two games.
0: Well, and again, uh, the Gators got UCLA both times. Uh, in two of those three, my Memphis Tigers got them in the third of those three final fours. So now they are back. Um, and there's a, look, there's comparisons being made to Shaka Smart and Virginia Commonwealth and rightfully so on paper, both advanced out of the first four. And you know where I'm going here, Brian, to get yeah. to the final four. But that's where the comparison should stop with Virginia Commonwealth of 2011, making it to the final four, because that VCU team found out on Sunday night, okay, you're in the first four, you're flying from Richmond to Dayton, Ohio, to go play a first four game, which they won. And then, okay, you're flying now from there to Chicago, from Dayton to Chicago, new hotel, new setup, and you're playing Purdue and Georgetown for that weekend. Okay, that's over for Shaka Smart in 2011 with his team having won. You're flying back to your Richmond campus for a couple of days because of, of the way with the travel, et cetera. They weren't playing later in the weekend. They got on another plane again from Richmond to San Antonio, Texas, to beat Florida State and Kansas in a different state, in a different hotel, and advanced to the Final Four in Houston, where they eventually lost to Butler in the national semifinal. So, again, on paper, it says UCLA has done what VCU did, but as I just laid out, that was an incredible, grueling situation for Shaka Smart's VCU team to go from the first four to the Final Four. And UCLA staying in Indianapolis the entire time in the same hotel. I know they played the opening game in West Lafayette, but they took a bus back for an hour and stayed in the same hotel. They've been in the same hotel for two weeks, two-plus weeks now headed to Final Four weekend. Not the same thing as what I just laid out for VCU. Can I get an amen on that from amen, you? You know.
1: know, that that's a great point you make because all those first four teams get robbed of the way – they have to travel in the way they schedule. I remember Clemson, there was the the, the the game to be a 16 seed, went like four or five overtimes one year. And so Clemson had to play late at night, at you know, after the four or five overtime game. They, their game didn't end until like 1.30 in the morning. They do their media, and then they have to travel to St. Pete. And I remember yep. they got there at, like, 8 in the morning, and they had to do media at 10 a.m. or something like that, then practice, and then they had to play West Virginia the next day at the very first tip-off at, like, 12.05 p.m. They, they they screw the first four teams. I mean, at least let them play the, like, late afternoon game and not the first one. And I remember Clemson led West Virginia – I want to say by 8 or 9 at halftime but then they ran out of gas in the second half cuz no kidding. They were naturally tired.
0: No exa- no exaggeration, mm-hmm. they were dead. They they were dead from the time that they got there and never recovered a day later. I was at that game, uh, by the way. Uh, that oh, whole yeah, day of the yours? of the first and second round in the Tampa Bay area. So yeah, they don't do that anymore. But yeah, this is again, it's a it's a COVID 19 truncated tournament. We're we're thrilled with whatever we can get. The television ratings, by the way, Brian, have been massive. And I, I promise we're going to get into the games here in just a second for the audience on Three Dog Thursday that's been waiting for Brian's analysis from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. But the games have been massively watched. It is the highest <laughs> rated Sweet 16 uh, weekend, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight weekend in 30 years of televising the tournament. So it tells you that March Madness gripped everybody. Uh, I did see, and, and again, this is interesting too, where the games have been on cable late at night a couple of the nights and not on CBS. But CBS for the Michigan Florida State game on Sunday that ended around 7 Eastern time had nine and a half million people watching for a day game. So it's only going to tell you what those Saturday games are going to do on CBS as it builds to Saturday night and Gonzaga and UCLA. They're probably going to easily have 12, 14 million, maybe more watching Gonzaga go for the unbeaten 31-0. and 0. So again, the tournament's done great. We love it. We understand with the COVID guidelines, they wanted everybody to bubble and test. All I'm saying is keep the comparisons in perspective on what Shaka and VCU did. I'm not a Richmond guy. I'm not a Virginia Commonwealth guy. I'm just saying it's not, it's not exactly uh, the same thing. Now, I will say if Gonzaga pulls this off, there is no asterisk. I know they stayed in the same place to win all the games. You still got to win all the games. And at this point, with that out of conference and what they've done, nobody can knock this. Do you agree with me? No asterisk for Gonzaga because you bubbled the whole tournament in Indianapolis?
1: 28 games in a row by double digits? What the hell would the asterisk be about? No, I
0: don't disagree. Not-
1: there's no asterisk. <laughs> I, don't, I
0: don't disagree if they, if they win them all, if this is the case. All right, so the first game is going to be Baylor and Houston. Again, Houston there for the first time since 1984 in five slamajama Jamma with Kelvin Sampson. Baylor has not been there since 1950. Harry Ooh. Truman was the U.S. president, by the way. Uh, a typical automobile cost around $1,000, by the way, in 1950, if you didn't know that. And there were very few of them that were around at that time. Um, it, okay, so here we go with Baylor and Houston, and and Houston gets five. If Houston is going to hang in, if not win a key or two here, I know you don't think they will, but what must go well to keep this close and to hang in? If you're the Cougars,
1: well, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. So obviously, you gotta you gotta contest three pointers. Baylor is uh, the best uh, three-pointing shoot. Uh, the best uh, three point accuracy percentage in the country. And may, maybe the most threes. I'm not too sure. I just know that three point accuracy is number one. Um, Houston has only been an underdog once this year. They were a three point underdog to Texas Tech on a neutral court, and they beat them 64 uh, to 53. And I don't know if it was COVID cancellations, but they really didn't play much of non conference. Now they beat a good Boise State team that should have been in the tournament if they hadn't played so horrible down the stretch. They beat them by 10. But uh yeah, not uh they haven't played a lot of tourney teams until the tournament and uh had the close call with Rutgers, but they put it to Syracuse and uh allowed Oregon State to climb back into that one. And my boy Maurice Calou forever and always if I ever meet you, man, I'm buying all your drinks that night. Maurice kalu with the backdoor dagger three with three and a half seconds left um but uh <laughs> I, dude, I, I would stay away from houston as an underdog but i mean they do have a shot because they play great defense if they shoot the three well and, and can do a good job of contesting threes by baylor um don't do hang around it's not gonna be a blowout
0: and houston may may have played the best defense in this tournament they're probably better than ucla at it that's been their strength they're calling card, of course, they took down my Memphis Tigers on a half-court shot and then beat them again in the semifinal the next weekend of the conference tournament and have not looked back. Do you buy the argument that Houston's caliber of competition, a 10 Rutgers, an 11 Syracuse, a 12 Oregon State, does not set up well for a Godzilla-like Baylor as a one seed and that the caliber of competition may hurt them when they get out there against Baylor? Do you buy any of that when we get all the way to Saturday?
1: a little bit. I mean, it well, was just because the AAC was a little down this year. Now, uh, congratulations were in order to your Memphis Tigers for winning the NIT. And they had some <laughs> tough games with Memphis about who did which Wichita State made the first four, right?
0: Correct. Yes. OK, well,
1: Houston lost at Wichita. Let's see. They won at home by seven to Wichita. And then I think Texas Tech is the only other tournament team they've played before the tournament. They beat them by 11. Um, Yeah, those are the only tournaments they haven't played. And then, like you said, they get the double-digit seeds the whole way through. Wow. So really the best team they have played all year in terms of seeding in the tournament is Texas Tech. How
0: about that? All right. So we'll see what they can do with Baylor. What a story for Scott Drew. And again, Brian, is, uh, is not big on on Houston. You did say earlier in the podcast, as we come around to game two, you'll be interested in UCLA as a 14-point at the moment, and it may go up. You may be hearing us later on, on, the, on the weekend off of Three Dog Thursday. That, that spread may go up right now. It's 14 or 14-and-a-half. 14 gaudy that's for sure but that's more about the way gonzagas looked i mean my lord the way they looked against creighton and usc why would it not be a double figure sped brian go go ahead
1: no no absolutely um and and i won't be aggressively on ucla but i just i don't play that many points hardly ever and uh so um and i had ucla last night They're, they're good to me so i'll be on ucla but not unless the number goes up it will not be an aggressive play um I'll be looking for uh well I I may play over on Baylor Houston and like I said I'm not going to be on Houston so I might be on the other side
0: take a look at that uh for three dog Thursday purposes and again Gonzaga has the what 28 games in a row that they've won by double figures just an incredible streak we'll see if that continues but bear in mind again the last two I'm going to keep saying this I'm going to keep banging the drum all the way through the weekend the last two unbeaten teams got to this point In the Final Four, in Indianapolis, and both Kentucky and UNLV lost this game. So let's see what happens with UCLA's uh, chances in that. Hypothetically, one more. If it is Gonzaga-Baylor, like most believe that it will be, where would you put that line, Brian Edwards of Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com? Speculate, because we're not going to have a show before the Monday night game. Where would you think that line would be?
1: Well, it, it look, if, if Gonzaga, you know, only beats UCLA by five and Baylor beats Houston by 15, you know, that, that could, you know, create a two- or three-point difference. I, I think right now uh, that most people would probably make Gonzaga about five and a half to seven probably would be my guess. I, I just think that uh, – I think it's got to be at least – probably – at least five. It may be six, maybe seven. Somewhere. Would there.
0: it shock would it shock you if Gonzaga rolls, hypothetically on Saturday? Would it shock you if that line opens at like ten, even if it is if, Baylor? That would
1: surprise you. If Baylor beats Houston by two and Gonzaga beats UCLA by twenty-five, I would not be shocked if it's nine or ten. Um, I'd bet Baylor. But,
0: so they could they could put it out at that and then it may come down very quickly with people right, betting yeah, Baylor. Right, right. And that didn't yeah. happen as much with UCLA. We'll see if it does. So it could be history. Could be history for Gonzaga. It's history no matter what. UCLA, as you mentioned, is the last of this group to ever uh, to, to ever win one. Out of, out of Have uh, any of them ever won one. No, and out of Baylor, out of Baylor so. and uh, Houston. Houston again got to the championship game amazingly three oh, times. Yeah, in the great. early '80s, and did not get it done. And of course, the whole you're you're a nostalgic like I am. The whole Houston and UCLA in the same Final Four. Who can forget the Astrodome, nineteen what sixty eight? I believe it is. Elvin Hayes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then known as Lew Alcindor. Uh, sixty thousand people in the Astrodome in Houston beat UCLA in an epic game that snapped like a sixty something game, seventy game win streak for the Bruins. I don't – my Lord, if it's Houston-UCLA at this championship game, we have turned the box upside down on 2021 in the NCAA tournament let, for both let, of them let, to make it. But we'll
1: let's do that five slam of start starting lineup just to impress some people. Yeah. So we got Alvin Franklin at point guard, Michael Young at shooting guard, Drexler at the three, Olajuwon at the five, Did Larry Mishaw come off the bench, or am I forgetting the power forward? Don't
0: forget Benny Anders was in that mix, too, as a dunker. Reed Geddes. Reed Geddes. I'm still going to say this. How the Houston current team doesn't dunk the ball is sacrilege. I'm saying it on Three Dog Thursday, Brian Edwards. Go back. I am no fan of the Louisville Cardinals at all, so I enjoy watching Houston thump Louisville. But go back and watch the second half on YouTube – of Houston, Louisville. And there is like an eight game minute stretch of one dunk after another. It was amazing uh, to watch that game. And it still lives 35, 38 years later as one of the great entertaining semifinals because of all the dunks. This Houston team doesn't dunk, they defend, they play a lot around the rim, gritty, rebound, but they don't dunk. They make three pointers. But I just, that, yes, five slam in the title game three times and didn't win any of them.
1: That Louisville team had uh, Rodney and Scootem, Cray, and maybe Milt Wagner. I believe
0: so. Yeah. yeah. And and Houston still put it on them, but then could not beat Valvano and NC State, kind of Mick Cronin and UCLA esque for how they played, how they slowed it down. No shot do clock that, in NC those State days. NC State
1: starting lineup and six man? I can.
0: Uh, I think I got to go Sidney Lowe. Yep. We got to go Derek Wittenberg, who still claims to this day it was a pass at the very end of Lorenzo Charles. Lorenzo Charles, help me with who else is there. Uh, Thorough
1: Bailey. And then the one everybody forgets is Kozel McQueen and the sixth man, Terry Gannon.
0: Terry Gannon, the broadcaster. Who took uh, the the charge. He
1: said he saw Clyde Drexler like 12 years ago, 12 years (laughs) after that. And Drexler looked at him and he goes, You bleeping a
0: hole yeah (laughs) because the charge the charge when you watch it again from the national championship game with Terry Gannon and Clyde Drexler is Terry Gannon grabbing Clyde Drexler's legs uh as he's about to dunk over him he's going to dunk over him to get the charge in the big foul call but what a great game to go back and relive as well these are the memories we have and again I will say for the umpteenth time on Three Dog Thursday, and we got to get out of here, that UNLV team looked invincible in 1991, and Duke with Leitner and Hurley and Grant Hill beat them. That Kentucky team was rolling in 2015, and Wisconsin beat them. This is not a rubber stamp, given that Gonzaga will beat both UCLA and probably Baylor. Let's find out, or maybe we do get history on Monday night with another unbeaten for the first time since 1976. Wait, and that was Indiana.
1: Those coaches that beat those undefeated teams. And I hate Coach K, but he's one of the greatest, <laughs> if not the greatest. But uh, And then, um, obviously, one of my favorite ever, Bo Ryan.
0: Yeah, Bo Ryan. And with those coaches, what will happen with Mick Cronin? So come on, Mick.
1: Shot? Get you a game plan together. Will it be Nick.
0: them? Will it, will it maybe be Baylor with a chance to derail them in the championship game? We will find out. Brian, we have come to the end here. Again, we say to the audience, they need to be locked in on all your stuff heading towards Final Four weekend and the National Championship Monday night. Tell them all about it once again.
1: Uh, my Twitter is at VegasB Edwards. So you can find my content at <clears throat> majorwager.com. You can find uh, all my picks at Vegas Insider. Dot com And you can follow the Major Wager Twitter account for other injury updates and such at Major Wager Uno. And I'm also doing a new podcast Tuesdays and Fridays with the A to Z sports guys out of Nashville. And uh, you can look for their on their social media, A-T-O-Z sports.
0: Beautiful. And of course, it's complimentary to me that other people realize, hey, that Vegas B Edwards guy might be pretty good for our podcast. I was on to you a couple of years ago, my friend, and you've been great with me. All right, whatever happens, we're looking forward to history this weekend. I know this, we'll recap it next week, and we've got much more to talk about with the baseball season starting, with the NBA going to wind down and have the playoffs, et cetera. Three Dog Thursday is going to continue. Brian Edwards, thank you. Thank you for hanging out here once again. Good luck with all of the info, the handicapping, the underdog possibilities for this weekend in the Final Four. Let's see what happens. I appreciate it, sir.
1: Thanks for having me, TJ. Have a good weekend.
0: And there he goes. Thanks again also to our YouTube roundtable, Tom Looney. Looney on Fox. Love him in Los Angeles. John Harris in Houston with the Houston Texans. My goodness, the Final Four is about to be here. We look forward to everything that's going to happen with Gonzaga, UCLA, and then Baylor in Houston, a national championship game on Monday. Enjoy all the hoops. The baseball season starting up. We're all about it, and we're all about the underdogs every week. Again, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thanks for finding us, however you did, on a social media link through SportsGamblingPodcast.com, their network of shows. I am just TJ Reeves. Enjoy March Madness culminating the wild, wacky tournament. We look forward to that, and we look forward to being back next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.